All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. Well, you've heard the phrase, that's easier said than done. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about when I say, that's easier said than done. Right? You might have said that in the past, uh, you know, to somebody, you know, about a request, hey, would you mind doing this or, or hey, let's take care of that. Well, that's easier said than done. Uh, and, and I think in some real ways, when it comes to answering the question, what makes a behavioral compulsion, it, it's kind of like, well... Uh, answering that question is easier said than done, right? It's a, it's a complicated uh, set of ideas that converge together to form a compulsion, right? And so how do we know when a behavior is a compulsion? Uh, what really identifies it or defines it as a compulsion? What, what sets it aside as this is maladaptive, this is not a healthy behavior, this is contributing to our overall symptomatology, you know, how do we know when a behavior is a compulsion? Again, that's easier said than done. It's, it's not one of those things that's super simple. I wish I could say, well, you know, one plus one is two, and that's really simple. And identifying a behavior as a compulsion, similarly, it's really simple. But the truth is, it's not really simple. It's uh, it's just not. So I think that when we get into uh, the uh, the basic notion of it, we quickly find that there's exceptions. Uh, there's there's buts and ands all over the place, right? And so it, it it's one of those things that. And then and then let's 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 add a whole nother uh, complexity to it. And here we are. Uh, you know, I'm I'm talking to. Uh, to you all uh, via a podcast. So I'm not really talking to anyone um, at all uh, in particular uh, about a specific set of behaviors. Well, let's talk about the context of these behaviors. Talk to me about what happened. We're not doing that. This isn't a conversation. Right. This is one guy uh, talking to a group of other people, uh, none of whom the one guy has ever met before uh, about what identifies a behavior as a compulsion. I mean, this this can really get really complicated, um, you know, in, in terms of trying to explain the parameters and the exceptions and so on, it kind of almost gets, uh, you know, too stupid before it begins, uh, if you follow what I mean. So um, I'm going to do my best here uh, over the next, uh, you know, 20 or so minutes to to give something of, um, you know, of a, of a foundation. Uh, I think that we're going to end up doing several episodes on this. In fact, I think that would be helpful to you, the sufferer, you, the listener, uh, to, to go over, you know, a foundation and to build it brick by brick so that you have a working understanding of what makes a behavior a compulsion. So I, I think that as we're, uh, as we're beginning the discussion, it can be, uh, complicated uh, for the sufferer in and of itself 
to separate obsessions from compulsions, right? So uh, oftentimes, uh, particularly early on in treatment, you'll see um, patients or clients uh, kind of mixing up the language. You know, I had a, a, a compulsion the other day, and as we get into it, the individual is actually talking about an intrusive thought, or that is to say, an obsession, uh, not a compulsion, or vice versa. You know, somebody might go and wash their hands, a- as an example, um, a- and say, well, this was an obsession for me, when in reality, the individual is talking about compulsions, not obsessions. And so it can be really important. I shouldn't say it can be. It is. It is really important to get our language right, right? Because words are ideas and here ideas really mean something, right? The way out of the woods depends upon having a good understanding of the words and the ideas, right? But we can't stop obsessions. We can't stop intrusive thoughts. That's not a reality. That's not something that we're able to do, but we can stop compulsions, We can do that. And the reality is we must. If we're going to make uh, meaningful uh, therapeutic progress, we must, we must stop compulsion. So the question that emerges is what's the difference? Now we've, we've talked quite a bit about uh, the nature of obsessions and, and compulsions through the episode. So I don't want to spend a lot of time getting into that uh, here and, and now, but I do mean to say, and and I do uh, wish to say, um, my friends, there's an important distinction between obsessions and compulsions. Uh, They're not one and the same. They're not synonyms uh, for each other. Um, That's just not what we're talking about. We are talking about apples and oranges. You know, if you follow what I mean to say, we are talking about bushes and trees. Uh, We are talking about clouds and sky. There may be some overlap. There may be some comparisons between these two, but when you really get down to brass tacks, there are important differences. That's the case here. There's an important difference between an obsession and a compulsion. Uh, Really quickly, an obsession is a thought that pops into your mind and uh, and is unwanted. Uh, it most typically causes anxiety, uh, and it feels intrusive in the sense that when I try to get rid of it or ignore it, it just keeps on coming back to me. Right? Uh, it's an unwanted thought that happens to me. Right? There's no sense in which we could say this is a behavioral choice. No, it's something that happens to me. Here it is. It popped into my mind. It's causing me anxiety. It's unwanted. I can't seem to get rid of it. Okay, so that's a fair uh, uh, sort of uh, layperson's definition of an obsession or of an intrusive thought. In terms of a compulsion, what's a compulsion? Well, a compulsion is a behavioral choice that uh, we uh, exhibit or engage relative to, that is to say, in relationship to obsessions. Uh, I have the thought, I'm dirty. Um, The thought pops into my mind because I touch that doorknob. There are germs on my hands. Uh, Those germs are going to make me sick. Um, 
Uh, I feel dirty. I feel uncomfortable. My anxiety is going up. All these are intrusive thoughts. Then what do I do? Operative word. What do I do to try and ease that anxiety? What do I do to try and get rid of or cancel out, if you will, that intrusive thought? Uh, what do I do? Uh, it's a There's a behavioral connotation here. Uh, now we're talking about compulsions, right? Compulsions are behavioral choices, whether, uh, whether behaviors that we're engaging internally, that is to say, uh, mental compulsions, or externally, that is to say, motor compulsions, behavioral ones outside of ourselves, if you will, um, to, in order to uh, ease anxiety or distress, in order to get rid of or cancel out intrusive thoughts. These are behavioral choices that we're voluntarily engaging uh, to get rid of obsessions. Uh, I wash my hands and I feel better. The thought I'm dirty is gone. Uh, if you follow, that was a compulsion in relationship to an intrusive thought. So obsession and compulsion, these are not synonyms uh, for each other. They are important words related to uh, the description of OCD and uh, equally important in terms of being able to understand how we get better. Okay, so an important difference, right? Obsessions are not compulsions. Compulsions are not obsessions. So we're not going to talk about stopping obsessions. We are necessarily talking about stopping compulsions. So the first part of being able to say, okay, what makes a behavioral compulsion is being able to, to meaningfully understand a concrete distinction between obsessions and compulsions. I mean, I'll tell you, sometimes... Uh, it's it is seldom, but sometimes months in to treatment, individuals are still uh, somewhat confused uh, as to the difference between the two. And this never, uh, I, I say again, never works to the advantage of the patient. Uh, this is never advantageous for him or her to be somewhat confused as to the difference between obsessions and compulsions. It is essential that you get the difference between obsessions and compulsions. Uh, it is an absolute non-negotiable that you somehow be um, that you somehow be confused uh, as to that distinction. That will work to your disadvantage every time, always, period. So really important piece. Okay, so when we begin to talk about compulsions, we are necessarily talking about behaviors, okay? Uh, and so now we're kind of, uh, uh, you know, landing where we were um, in the last episode, which was what makes a behavior a compulsion? Okay, well, well, first, uh, a compulsion is a behavior, right? It's not an intrusive thought. It's a behavioral choice. Um, and so, fine, the problem with that, uh, uh, elementary um, uh, definition, if we can, you know, kind of use that language here, is well, your life is rife with behaviors. Uh, it is that is to say, um, riddled with uh, behaviors all day long. You're exhibiting behavioral choices. Some are automatic, and some are, I suppose, uh, more conscious. Um, 
uh, if you if you follow. But the point stands that behaviors are just everywhere for you and for me, right? And so for for every living person, behaviors external and internal are just everywhere all over the day uh, for us. So how do we begin in a in a helpful and informed uh, way to distinguish between um, adaptive, healthy behaviors and 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 uh, and maladaptive. I think that the first answer to that question, and maybe there are many answers, um, but the first one is: Can we connect uh, the behavior, whatever the behavior is? Right, you've kind of a picture in your mind as we're speaking here, uh, a, a potential compulsion. You're thinking of um, of checking, or you're thinking of avoiding, or you're thinking of hand washing or or you're thinking of seeking reassurance or you're thinking of of research or or whatever it might be um you're you're thinking of a compulsion okay so the question is can we a potential compulsion can we connect that behavior uh to uh an intrusive thought and by connect well what do you mean by connect it what i what i mean by connect it is uh, is can we see a logical um, can we see a logical uh, parallel or connection between the nature the topic of the intrusive thought and you and we might say the topic or the nature of the behavior uh, the, the the really classic example of this is one that you've heard me use many times and that is uh, I am dirty uh, or I am going to get sick from germs. Okay, so those are intrusive thoughts. The behavior is I go out and wash my hands. Can you see a connection between I am dirty and I chose to wash my hands? There is a clear and obvious connection between the two. Um, uh, I, 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 uh, I fear that I'm a pedophile and so I go and seek reassurance from a loved one or a trusted professional. Can you see a connection? Yeah, you can. Um, uh, I, I think my anxiety isn't going to go away until I check the door lock uh, again. And so what do I do? I go over and I, I walk uh, within, within four steps of the lock and I look at it for three seconds. And when I look at it for three seconds, I'm able to ensure to myself that the door is locked and I'm able to go to bed. Can you see a connection between the intrusive thought, the nature, the topic of the intrusive thought, and a logical connection there to the compulsion or the behavior? Uh, the answer is, well, yeah, you can. And so uh, the, the first uh, piece of this would be, I would want to be able to draw a connection. Is there a connection between the intrusive thought and the resulting behavior? Uh, and if so, I would say that's a good step toward identifying. Is that all we need? No. No, that's not all we need. But that's a good starting place or step toward identifying that behavior as a compulsion. Uh, and I suppose we could say it the other way around. If there isn't uh, a... If there isn't a, a connection between the two, um, I have the thought, I'm dirty, and so I uh, 
I, I decided to go watch TV. Uh, okay, it was watching TV a compulsion. I, I suppose it might be if I'm trying to distract myself from intrusive thoughts. Okay, I can see a connection there. Uh, the unwanted thought is I'm dirty. The behavior is uh, get away from the thought. Okay, yeah, I can see how that might be a compulsion, but there isn't a logical, direct connection between the two. And so I might say, hmm, I'm not sure that that's a compulsion. Let me take a closer look. Whereas in the first instance, yeah, it seems like there's a clear connection. And so, yeah, we can sort of check that box. Is that the only box? No, but we can sort of check that box to say, okay, that one is, is clear. Ah, but then there is another criterion. There's another question. And the, the question here is really a, it's a, it's a function question. It's a, it's a why question. Why? Why are you doing this, right? It's not why are you drawing a connection, but why are you engaging the behavior? It's not enough to say, okay, I can see a logical connection between the nature of the obsession and uh, you know the, uh, the 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 topic or the orientation or the nature of this behavior. Yeah, I can see a connection. Well, that's not really quite enough for us. Uh, what else is needed? Well, why are we doing the behavior? Why are we exhibiting the the behavior? Uh, what what's the, what's the motive? What's the function? Uh, if you if you will, uh, let's say let's say it this way: Are you? Uh, engaging that behavior for the purpose of reducing your anxiety or your distress? Are you, um, are you washing your hands or are you checking or are you seeking reassurance or, or engaging uh, research? Uh, are you scheduling another doctor's visit? Uh, are you avoiding, et cetera, whatever it might be? Are you engaging the behavior for the purpose of reducing your anxiety? Are you engaging the behavior for the purpose of, of being able to get rid of an unwanted thought? If the answer to that is yes, then okay, that's another kind of check mark, right? In the quest for determining a behavior as a compulsion. But let's let, let there's a, there's a certain amount of honesty that is required here. Uh, th this is not going to be one of those one of those conversations that's always uh, easily had, right? I've had many conversations through the years with individuals who have, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, been in denial, if I can say it that way, that a behavior in a given moment is a compulsion. Uh, you know, we, we've had to sort of go back and forth, not just over the course of minutes, but sometimes over the course of sessions that this particular pattern of behavior is a compulsion for you. Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. I think this one's all right. I think this one's okay. Nothing to see here. Um, you know, and kind of back and forth, we'd go, okay, well, let's move on. And then next session, we come back to it. Well, I see you're still engaging quite a bit of this X, whatever it might be. So I think that, you know, when we get to that place of being able to say, okay, um, uh, you know, I'm seeing this connection and I'm seeing that that I'm engaging this behavior, uh, you know, for the purpose of whatever to be able to say, OK, yes, I am doing it to reduce my anxiety. You know, yes, I am doing it to, to get rid of intrusive thoughts. Uh, that's why this is happening. Yes. To be able to be honest with yourself, I think, is an essential piece of this. Um, and, and I don't mean to sort of go on and on about it, but 
it is one of those things that through the years has been been proven to be to me in clinical work has proven to be that's a pretty important element of it to be able to say okay i'm entering into this with my eyes open i'm 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 walking into this conversation uh willing to be truthful both with my therapist and perhaps more importantly with myself that this behavior might be a compulsion uh, and, and the reality of the situation is and i'm going to tell you the truth here you're not uh, uh, you're, you're not uh, hurting anybody, right? You're, uh, you're, you're not, uh, you're not cheating anybody except yourself. If you say, you know what, this isn't a compulsion, but all the while, you know, in your heart of hearts that it is right. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to my, my parents, or I'm saying to uh, my spouse, or I'm saying to, um, you know, my, my therapist or whatever, whatever that, no, this isn't a, the compulsion for me. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the reality of the, of the situation is, you know, it's a compulsion and you're cheating yourself here, right? You're not causing harm to your parents. You're not causing harm to your spouse. Uh, you might be causing harm to your marriage. I have certainly seen a, a, a number of those uh, cases through the years. Uh, but my point is, ultimately, you're the one who's suffering. You, you are, right? And so it behooves you. That is to say, it is advantageous to you. It's to your advantage, yours, to be honest with yourself. Okay, this is a compulsion. I know I'm doing this in order to reduce my anxiety. I know I'm doing this in order to make myself more comfortable right now. I know I'm doing this in order to get rid of these intrusive thoughts, I, I can see a logical connection. I can see a logical connection between the nature of the obsession and the behavior. And I know that I'm doing the behavior in order to get rid of my intrusive thought or, or to dismiss it or to, to make myself more comfortable. That is to say, to get rid of my anxiety. I know that's why I'm doing it. Okay. Well, then the next step here is to, is to consider uh, one uh, last element. And I mean, I guess that element is certainty. I, this doesn't always apply. And this is one of those moving target kind of um, criteria or, or uh, uh, um, ideas that the, the idea of certainty, because it doesn't apply in every OCD circumstance. It doesn't. I think it, it applies to some extent in every OCD circumstance, but it's one of those ones where it doesn't ring true. It doesn't jump off the page for everybody. Uh, there's a there's a, there's a sense in which there's a degree to which it's true uh, because at the end of the day, OCD really is. I mean, there's a reason it's called the doubting disease. Right. Uh, and, and, and it, it, there's a reason. And now, now it, certain subtypes tend to be better characterized as the doubting disease than others. But OCD uh, is and has been called the doubting disease for a reason. Right. And, and this notion of certainty uh, and seeking certainty by way of compulsive actions, that is to say, running from uncertainty is something that is common to OCDers across the world. So it's it's true 
that uh, to some degree or another, each individual is seeking, again, a degree of certainty uh, with uh, the uh, the engagement of his or her compulsions. And so I think that we can sort of make that another uh, box to check here as we're looking at all of these many behaviors that we exhibit throughout the day, uh, seeking to identify the compulsive behaviors. Uh, you know, we can look for uh, the connection between the obsession and the behavior. Uh, we can look for the motivation or the function of why am I doing this? And then we can also look for, am I seeking a degree of certainty uh, in engaging this, this behavior, right? Am I seeking a degree of certainty? Am I, am I trying to, to kind of satisfy the worry and say, no, actually, actually, it's okay. It's okay. So you'll find this a lot for individuals who ruminate, right? They're, they're ruminating on, um, on information or they're ruminating on events, uh, they're, they're seeking some sort of resolution to the worry such that, no, it's actually, everything's all right. No, no, no. I disproved it in my head. It's okay. Everything's fine. I, I satisfied that worry. I, I negotiated to the other side and I'm okay. So, I mean, I think that this idea of being able to say, okay, I'm seeking certainty. I'm washing my hands and then I hand sanitize them and now I'm certain that my hands are clean, <clears throat> if you follow. And I, I'm sure you don't think in those terms, but I think that you can identify with what I'm meaning to say. Or I'm I'm avoiding uh, I'm avoiding uh, being around uh, kids. I avoid it. I avoid it. I avoid it. And so I can say I'm certain that I didn't touch any kids inappropriately. My fear is that I'm I, I sexualized a child or that I'm going to sexualize a child. My fear is that I'm going to harm someone. My fear is that I'm going to do something bad. And so I avoid. Uh, social interactions, or or I avoid uh, different uh, uh, locations or 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 places of business for the purpose of of being certain that I didn't do something bad or hurtful or harmful or illegal, etc. and etc. You follow, right? So I'm seeking certainty uh, by way of engaging my compulsions. Is that something that you'd say you're doing? So when we're looking at these different elements. You, you begin to see, right? You begin to see that when I say it's not that simple, it's not simple. It's not like one plus one is two. That's really concrete, logical, and quite simple. Being able to take a large group of behaviors and identify in some sort of concrete and objective way compulsions from among those behaviors is much easier said than done. It's not, it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. It's really, it's a moving target. There, there's a lot involved. There's context and there's motivation to consider. Uh, you know, there, there's all of these uh, pieces. There's a connection between obsessions and 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 behaviors uh, you know, to consider. There's a lot of different elements going on and moving parts that that are happening to be able to arrive at a place where I'm saying, okay, this is a compulsion. At the same time, it is essential that you identify your compulsions, right? It's not one of those things where you can listen to a podcast and a guy saying, hey, stop your compulsions. And you're like, yeah, that was helpful. I mean, maybe to, I, maybe it was, but, but well, what's the compulsion? What is it? What makes a behavior a compulsion? That is 
That is the question behind the question. And that is the question among the questions. That is the thing to answer, right? What, uh, what makes a behavior a compulsion? Because your life is rife with behaviors. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But not all behaviors are compulsions. Not all behaviors are compulsions. So it's really, really important that we work to answer that question from an informed perspective and then muscle those behavioral choices into submission, right? So we, we can't say it's, a, it's not enough to say stop compulsions and it's not enough to be able to identify compulsions, right? Many times through the years have I worked with individuals who I were able to identify compulsions, but then they didn't stop them. And it's just like, that's great. I mean, it's like you worked all week for your paycheck and then you got your paycheck and you dropped it in the trash can. Like, what did you do that for then? What, what did we go to work for? What, what was the function of all that? If you're just going to take the check and, and, and discard it, why did you go to work? You know, why, why did you work to identify the compulsion? What purpose did it serve? What advantage was it for you? If you, if you identified the maladaptive behavior, but then you're like, yeah, I want to keep doing it. Well, then why did we work to identify it? Right? So, so it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to ultimately and fundamentally and finally muscle those behaviors into submission. That is your golden ticket. That is your way out of the woods. That is your way out of the woods. So I haven't said this in a little while. I'm going to say it again here. Guys, this podcast is not designed or intended in any capacity or way to, to take the place of evidence-based psychotherapy. It is a podcast and only a podcast. Well, as always, feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrisline04 at gmail.com. I am sincerely appreciative of your checking out the podcast. Um, thanks very much for listening to OCD Straight Talk.